this is the hard truth for Tony Schaefer, powered by Six Hour, never settle. I had the choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. The best is Six Hour, never settle for anything less. We are on the America Out Loud talk radio network, also available on the America Out Loud podcast network. Check us out, Project Sentinel, projectsentinel.net, and the London Center for Policy Research, londoncenter.org, and every single known social media site on, on the planet. Uh, just come look for us and we're there. And so today we're joined by Representative uh, Elijah James Crane, uh, born in 1980. My God, I was I was just joining the Guard in 1980. Uh, you're making me feel old here. My goodness. An American a politician, businessman uh, who was elected to the Arizona 2nd District, uh, a member of the Republican Party. I, I think I know that party. I've, I've talked to those folks a few times. And he also served as a U.S. Navy SEAL and co-founder of Bottle Breach, a company that manufactures bottle openers, made of 50 caliber sh shells. I'm waiting, uh, Eli, for, uh, I'm sorry, Eli, Eli for the uh, the 105 millimeter round openers. If you can get those, uh, I'll be ready to buy some of those. So, so welcome to the hard truth. Thanks a lot, Tony. I appreciate you uh, having me on. So, uh, man, uh, uh, Forbes seems to love you because they're putting all of these clips online of you doing the, the questioning of a ver variety of folks uh, uh, as you go through your hearings. And I, let me just say this up front. You are completely lucid. You are clear in thought. You are clear in context. And yet somehow they don't want to answer your questions. Why? Why is that? You know, uh, I appreciate the compliment, Tony. I, I think a lot of them don't want to answer the questions that I'm asking them because um, they have an agenda. And unfortunately, that agenda is clearly not to uh, represent the American people or do the jobs that they're supposed to be doing. And I mean, it, it, it covers a variety of issues, whether we're, I'm asking individuals that are touted as Homeland Security um, subject matter experts, whether or not we should have a wall or not, yeah. you know, or, you know, what, what, whatever, whatever the issue is, it, it's just wild up in that town, up in Washington, D.C., um, how, you know, it's the it's supposed to be the people's house. And yet you can see I've only been there for six months, but it's very apparent to me um, that uh, most of the folks there have no desire to represent what the American people want. Um, they think the I think they I, I think many of them disdain the American people. Yeah. I think that they don't know anything. And I think the American people are, you know, even though they don't sit here and follow politics all day long and, you know, read every single news story, I think the American people know, you know, know what's going on and they know that they really no longer have a, a government that represents them. And so when I'm, when, when I get the chance to, um, you know, represent my constituents and question some of these people, whether it's Secretary Mayorkas or somebody else, I want to make sure that they hear from my constituents because most of my constituents will never get the chance to have a conversation, you know, with most of the people that I get to talk to. So um, I understand that there are, there are a handful of people who go and walk the walk and talk the talk. And you're one of them, clearly, and I appreciate that. And uh, I don't know if you knew this. I advised the, uh, the Freedom Caucus back in the day when Mark Meadows was there. Uh, one of my dearest friends, Walter Jones, Congressman Walter Jones. I'm not sure if you ever met Walter. Walter was uh, from the district I live in in North Carolina now. And uh, he was fearless. He would just go after folks. And I don't know if you knew this. And you ought to talk to uh, to Tom Massey sometime about the story, how uh, how uh, 
Walter orchestrated the coup d'etat against John Boehner uh, because a bunch of them were being forced to pay to play. I'm just, it's a story for another day, but I'm just telling you, there's certain folks there. Tom is, Thomas is one of them. Uh, Jim Jordan, I, I think you're part of the same ilk. Uh, Scott Perry, uh, Andy uh, Biggs. Andy's another uh, close friend I, I deal with all the time. You guys are the only ones who seem to actually act, understand that you're you're there as part of a representative republic and you're representing the interests of your people. Uh, and, and I don't know how this message gets lost to, I'd say, 95 percent of the rest of the members of Congress. Yeah, Tony, it's you know, it's it's something that it, it was a, cons- you know, a conception of mine going into it. But it's uh, as I've been there, like I said, for six months and I want to level set with you and Clearly, I'm a new guy up in Congress. I'm I'm a freshman. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of things that I don't know. Um, but what I what I have confirmed just by being up there is what many of us thought, and that is that the Uniparty really does run yeah. Washington oh, yeah. in this country. And so, you know, that's the frustrating thing, Tony. It's like clearly the other side of the aisle, the Democrats, you know, have been heavily influenced. Um, and co-opted by radical ideologies like cultural Marxism, communism, socialism. And you see that in the the policies and the agendas they push. But for me, Tony, I got to be honest with you, the most frustrating thing for me is watching my own party, people within my own party who seem way more focused on the continuation of the status quo than actually fixing the problems. And, And it breaks my heart, Tony, because it's like, you know, it's like this isn't what this isn't what we, you know, those of us that served in the military, it's not what we fought for. Those of us that are parents, it's, we know where this is going to head. We know that this can't continue forever, yet we right. seem perfectly fine with just trying to continue it, push it forward and hope that it doesn't collapse on our watch. Meanwhile, knowing that we have kids that are going to have to grow up here, go to school here, hopefully get jobs and raise families in this country. And if you watch trajectories for a long enough timeline, this thing isn't going to last. It's not going to last. And so it, it really, it breaks my heart, but it also pisses me off watching good people, um, you know, especially on the Republican side of the aisle who, who, who tend to kind of just turn a blind eye to, you know, the corrupt, the corruption and the foolishness and the stupidity and the gaslighting, quite frankly, on our own side. Right. And, and that's where I want to start and kind of circle back around. because I want to hit the elite capture issue you talked about with the FBI. I hope the FBI didn't know what that was. What? What the hell? What have you all been doing? And then uh, the fentanyl issue, all these things which are fundamentally undermining our society, uh, which are linked to the Bidens. But let's start with Trump. And I'm going to say this because I have to. I I was the National Security Advisor of Trump 2020. As I say on and off air, they didn't listen. So uh, the issue that I want to start with is the First Amendment. Uh, The ruling over the weekend, I think it was just yesterday announced that the Biden administration has been prohibited from interacting with certain social media organizations. This came out of the Twitter files. But most importantly, to your point, uh, 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 the the whole issue, um, Eli, is that um, the Trump administration put many of these mechanisms in place, DHS especially. They opened that door. And a lot of folks uh, in the Trump administration, to include President Trump, were not aware of the fact that some of the infrastructure, the mono party folks 
were in there behind the scenes building this infrastructure, which was then used during the pandemic against the American people and then absorbed into the Biden uh, White House to be an extension of what I can only describe as Stalinist policies where they decide what is what should be correct or incorrect. And, and l- let me take a quote out. Of, I always quote this because it's from a 1957 U.S. Army uh, 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 education film, How to Recognize Propaganda. For a communist, a thing is only true if it advances a communist cause. So to me, the Marxism issue you're talking about is, is it's right there. You've talked about it. But it started because a lot of the Trump folks didn't didn't actually want to do their job and prevent this sort of thing from coming in. I would argue if President Trump wins again, he cannot permit uh, this level of inattention to the the fact that people behind his back created a lot of things we're de- you're dealing with right now. Yeah, well, I'd I'd love to you know hear some of the examples and some of the ideas you know that you gave the former administration. Oh. Uh, you know, and and those that were not fo- were not followed because you know. Tony, like I, I, I told you a second ago, I, I realize how many things I don't know. And uh, I'm probably one of the few politicians, quote unquote, that will come on your show and tell you that um, because this isn't about me. This isn't about Eli Crane. It's 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 not it's not about the Freedom Caucus. It's not about, um, you know, even Republicans versus Democrats. It's about saving this country. And so I want to stay humble. I want to continue to learn as much as I possibly can. And I know I don't have all the answers. And so. Um, you know, I know that y- you've been exposed to and seen plenty of, you know, information um, that, that I haven't seen. But, um, you know, I'd love to hear about, you know, some of those uh, suggestions that you made. Well, I mean, I, you can't get more specific than saying these are the people that are going to com- commit the coup. And um, these are the organizations that will be used against the president and giving. And I'm just saying, I mean, it was very specific. I was asked to do it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm a clandestine operative. My job is just to basically get out. There. Unlike you, it's like I'm always learning. Um, I, I appreciate the fact, like us, uh, in, in my field of, of military intelligence, of, of being an operative, we all go by first names no matter what our rank is. Uh, I've had the pleasure of being chewed out by Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, Joe Dunford, being yelled at. And I could always say, but Joe, it turned out I was right, by the way. Anyway, um, the idea here is to be humble and be open to whatever's necessary to uh, to comprehend the problem and act on it. And that's what, to me, that's what we did, is, is, is people who have missions on the battlefield to survive and be successful. You have to assess rapidly uh, the situation, be able to determine a series of courses of action, which will uh, net you an objective uh, to achieve an objective that you've been uh, been established for you. I I think it's pretty cut and dry, but I've come to find from the people you now deal with, the people I deal with politically, it sometimes is, is, is difficult for them to understand because they, they often uh, think by aspiration not by contemplating facts. I mean, to me, that's one of the issues we face to trying to advise people and get them to do the right thing. Would you agree with that uh, assessment? Yeah, absolutely. And some of the people that you mentioned, you know, I do run in the same circles with, um, and, and I can tell you, Tony, and I know this isn't a surprise to you, but um, we're not very popular up in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And what, what, what I've observed about the establishment, is, it's kind of something that I figured would be the case, but they kind of have two moves. They either try and co-opt you and suck you in um, to the uniparty, the establishment, whatever you want to call it. Yep. And I think once they realize that that's not not achievable, if they're not able to do it, then you're an enemy. And, and they try to undermine you every step. Absolutely. One hundred percent. And so I think that, you know, I think, Tony, it's important for your viewers out there 
I tell people all the time, you know, there's obviously a bunch of different tactics we can use to try and fix this mess. But one of the pieces of advice that I would give um, to those watching and listening to your show is this. Try and elect candidates that have shown that they are willing to stand on principle. And here's the key, Tony, when they know it's going to cost them. Okay? Yes. Find people that have a history of doing that, because I'm telling you right now, if they don't have a history and a foundation and a background of doing that, they're not going to discover it when they get up to Washington, D.C. Nope. And, and, and you know, and they get invited to these parties and they're, you know, mingling with these high flutin folks from not only the United States, but other places all around all, all around the world. And, you know, it's uh, you know, I, I think that's something that I, I hope your listeners pay attention to, because often what's going to happen, Tony, is in, within the next you know couple months, uh, they're going to start getting you know, bombarded with, uh, you know, commercials for the Senate candidates and the congressional candidates being run. And, you know, they're going to paint these people that work, work in, work in this field. Um, they're, they're going to paint a lot of these establishment candidates who are handpicked because the establishment knows they'll play ball, you know, and you're going to see video and B-roll, you know, them pushing their kids on the swing and, you know, and, and they're just going to look like, they're going to look like beautiful people. And, and often many of them, many of them are good people, Tony, but the bottom line is they're not going to go in there and try and disrupt. They're going to go in there knowing that basically their seat was bought and paid for. And if they, you know, if they don't do what they're told, they're going to, they're going to get canned. And so not only do you need that, that's what I mean when I say people that have a, a history of doing the right thing when they believe it will cost them. And most of the people that you mentioned that, you know, are in it, within the group that I run around with, I think most of them know that they are targeted. Most of all of us know that we're in the minority and all of us know that there's a good chance that we, you know, we will be going home or we could be going home just because um, we're fighting a behemoth. And that is the uniparty Republicans and Democrats up in Washington, DC. I, I, uh, on that point, uh, one of my definitions of integrity is doing the right thing when nobody's looking. And uh, I, I've often done that. So one of the things I learned as a 03 captain, you, you guys go by lieutenants and ensigns and all that. When I was a captain. I was actually uh, became uh, the chief of Army's global clandestine human intelligence program, a whole different story. But my point is, during that time, I was um, kind of thrown into these special projects, black black operations. I kept watching colonels above me, the 06s, and I noticed that people on their last tour, we called them iron colonels because they were just, you know, they didn't care. They're going to retire. And inevitably, they would always do the right thing. And it was always on their terminal assignment. So I watched these guys and I just I learned a lot about how to have integrity by the fact well, for better or for worse, they, they learned their integrity at the 06 level, but okay, they got it. And they were unstoppable. They would just inevitably do the right thing. And I thought to myself, why would why should I wait until I become an 06 if I do, which I didn't do it because I decided to go a different way? Uh, I would always I would always act um, uh, as if my that tour I'm in was my terminal tour. I would always say, this is my last tour no matter what, and I I'm just going to do the right thing. And obviously it got me in trouble. I had to testify, become a whistleblower, but I wouldn't, I, I don't regret it, but that's the point. I, I actually, I like to believe I gave up going for senior executive service. I, I retired as a GS 14 and I retired as Lieutenant Colonel because I wasn't going to be a corporate guy. I actually got called in one time by a senior executive and told Tony, you're not a good bureaucrat. <laughs> I know. So 
wow, I, I, I took that news badly. And I decided I'm going to be even a worse bureaucrat. And it, it, it is what it is. But to your point, that, that I think you need people who have the courage of their convictions to act upon them, not simply to have them, but act upon them. And I think that's what you're saying. You need to act actively seek people and elect them who are going to act on their convictions, especially those convictions which will preserve the republic. Yeah. And, you know, Tony, it's I've noticed this. Um, I've noticed this as I've come in. I think a lot of a lot of people kind of choose the track and they say, well, you know, I can't really make a difference unless I climb the ranks a little bit, get a little seniority, you know, maybe get on this certain committee. Um, and then, you know, if I really want to make a difference, not only do I need to get on that committee, but I need to come become a subcommittee chair or a chairman of that committee. And so what it, you know, what these folks end up doing who take this track is they end up playing ball for six, eight, ten right. years and basically becoming yes men and, you know, the Republican Party or the Democrat Party becomes their new chain of command. And so they have to do what they're told if they want to, you know, climb the ranks. Right. And the sad thing is, Tony, is that we get good at anything that we practice. And a lot of these folks, once they get to those those cushy seats that they wanted, that they've held on a pedestal for so long, they're not willing to let them go once they get there. And, and you can be stripped of a chairmanship. You can't be stripped of your committee assignments. Right. And so, you know, it's 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 kind of heartbreaking to watch. I think it's you know, kind of foolish. And I know many of them would look at the way that I've chosen my path is foolish. Um, I, many people look at me and they, they think, oh, he just wants to be a rebel up here. He just wants to disrupt. He's not a team player. And, you know, my response to that is I absolutely want to disrupt because this system is not working for the American people. And you look at where we're at, you know, from our national debt, where our border is to where our Department of Justice is. Um, it's it's a dumpster fire. It really is, Tony. And you have to gaslight or make yourself believe, you know, something completely opposite for that not to be your reality. And so I do want to disrupt. And it's not it's not necessarily my nature, Tony. It's not like I I, I wake up every day and say, oh, man, I, I just want well, really, it. I well, I yeah, yeah, I know. I know you know what I what, what I'm pushing towards, but it's, I do. you know, it's like, you know, Doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results is the definition of uh, stupidity. So that's what we do. So well, I want to talk a little bit about that because uh, I don't. I told uh, the SIG folks we get to the Second Amendment where we will in a second. But let's finish off with the first because Dan Goldman seems to be the master of, of gaslighting. So just let me ask you a hypothetical question. If, for example, um, I decided one day that I was going to say Congressman Crane is actually uh, the output of a genetic experiment at Area 51. And he's actually uh, not really a human being. He's an alien. And he's got alien DNA. And uh, 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 I believe that he is dangerous to the, glo the global order. I have the right to say that, right? I mean, you, you yeah. can't. So uh, you can't go to Twitter and say, hey, that Schaefer guy, I mean, he's like crazy. He's like cuckoo crazy. I mean, he's like he's really over the top. You can't do that as a member of Congress or the member of the government. Is that correct? I mean, so I mean, I, I, just for the audience to understand, I am not making an accusation against yeah. the congressman for being an alien. Uh, but I'm, I'm simply trying to create a, a an example where you can't help but say, hey, dude, that's crazy. But he has the right to say it. So. Yeah, and I think Tony. I think many many people would probably agree with uh, that. that <laughs> point you just made, but um, you know, you're you're. I think you're driving at something important, and and that is this: that the the most important time, really, the only important 
important time to support the First Amendment is when you disagree with somebody. Exactly. Right? It, it, you just love to hear these people who will tout the, you know, our, our First Amendment rights. And then, you know, the moment they disagree with somebody or, you know, an agenda or a narrative is pushing back on what they want to see happen. You know, they want to suppress it and stomp it out. And it just doesn't it doesn't jive. And one of these hearings that I listened to recently going to the first to the second and they're linked is uh, Dan Goldman. Man. Uh, so during this hearing, you uh, outlined accurately the, the border issue, the, the insecurity at the border, threats coming across the border. We could do a whole program on that. As a matter of fact, if you'd like to, we could go through and give you a full platform with intelligent question and answer discussion on it. We could do that. I'd love to, because this is something near and dear to my heart. But I, we don't have the time today. So let's, let's summarize it by this. Goldman, during his pushback on you, trying to say that white supremacy is the largest uh, per per pervasive threat, actually, during his statement countering you, uh, co-mingled, uh, basically accused you of gaslighting, even though he was gaslighting, actually co-mingled uh, 650 mass shootings with white supremacy with the idea that somehow guns uh, in the hands of white individuals uh, are the largest and most dangerous threat to the American people. All of this in like uh, I, I, like a, a thirty a three minute uh, commentary. I mean, I, I I sat here as I was doing show prep to talk to you today. Listen to this. It's like, how did this guy become a member of Congress? How does he live with himself lying to that level? And who listens to that? There's no link between uh, uh, the you know the the six hundred and fifty. Uh, shootings, which, by the way, are in urban urban environments, mostly uh, with black and, and minority youth in urban environments, uh, and, and have nothing to do with white supremacy. Uh, how how does how does how do how does he get away with that? He gets away with it, Tony, and you know the answer to this. He gets away with it because he has top cover from you know the mainstream media, who will parrot the same lines. I remember listening to Don Lemon say the same thing that yeah. um, you know that you know what what white men were the like the biggest threat to our country. And so, you know, when you have top cover like that, you can pretty much get away with anything that you want. And the, the reverse of that is you are just going into some of the statistics of some of these, you know, um, largely minority communities who are run by the Democrat party who have, you know, are often the most violent cities in the, in the country, the same mainstream media will not report that. So thankfully we have, you know, guys like, you know, AWR Hawkins, it's, you know, Breitbart News who will cover it, but he's not going to get any coverage from the mainstream media in actually telling the truth about, you know, these these inner cities and the policies that are, you know, destroying, just completely destroying them. And so, you know, Mr. Goldman, you know, my colleague on the other side, he's very good at what he does. He um, you know, he really is. He's one of the he's one of the best. He's one of the best at what he does. And uh, he's he's effective at it. And often, Tony, in these committee hearings, a lot of, you know, what you're able to do comes largely on when you speak. If he speaks after me, then he can, you know, kind of try and dissect what I said. And if I speak after him, I can kind of try and dissect what he said. You know, the bottom line is, you know, I, I pose to my colleagues on the other side who in Homeland Security, if you're if I'm not talking about, you know, uh, our, our Second Amendment or how firearms are flowing from America to down to uh South America, and that's really the muscle that they use to commit all these crimes and to, you know, for the, the, the strong arm of the cartel. Or if I'm not talking about white supremacy, 
then I'm completely missing the boat. And it's just sad. And I told him, Tony, I was like, look, there's nobody on this side of the aisle that thinks that white supremacy is a good thing. As a matter of right. fact, no, you're very clear. You're said, super- we, all, we all think it's disgusting. Okay. So can we put that to bed already and actually talk about some of the real right. issues? The fact that we have an open border, the fact that fentanyl has already killed seven, over 70,000 Americans um, that's made, you know, the ingredients are sent from China. It's made in Mexico, then sent over our poorest southern border. Can we talk about some of this child child sex trafficking? Can we talk about the MS-13 gang members and, you know, that all the people that they've killed in the United States of America? Can we talk about can we talk about any of this stuff, guys? Because right. these crimes, they don't they don't. They don't target Republicans, Tony, as you know. They don't target right. Democrats. They don't target independ- independents. They don't target white people. They don't target black people. Everybody's affected by this stuff. And it's just sad, Tony, because it's like this is our – outside of protecting the Americans you know, and, and their unalienable God-given rights, the government's job is outside of that primary responsibility is to actually protect them. And we're not doing it. Right. And it's, it's so obvious that we're not – why we can't do it because we can't even have a real conversation. Right about what what the root causes are and real solution real solutions to it and so until until and I, I think until we have we see enough pain Tony honestly I don't think these people are going to wake up and I hate to say that but I, I I don't see you know I don't see any way around that well Eli it's been great having you I, I can't believe it's been 25 minutes already wow I mean by the way a quick uh, personal note I actually had to testify in front of the Senate, in front of a guy who did a eulogy for a grand cyclops of the KKK, uh, a guy named Joe Biden. I think you may have heard of him. Yep. So just saying. So I think the, the other side has some things they need to consider as they start uh, kind of trotting out certain nonsensical statements. And again, I'm with you. I, look, white supremacy, uh, all that whole thing is unacceptable. And I'm like you. I came through the military. We were all green. You were blue or gold, depending on what SEAL team you're on. Uh, and uh, you guys did the right thing. And so uh, I always tell people my favorite general is Bob Harding. I love Bob. It happened to be a black general. didn't matter. It, we were all uh, able to do these things effectively we were assigned to do. And that's what I measured others by. How, can, how well can you accomplish your mission? And uh, by all measures, you, sir, are doing an amazing job of going after and trying to set up uh, achievable objectives and carrying out a, a strategy that actually will have a, a, a favorable effect. So, um, Eli, uh, Eli, I'm sorry, Eli, thank you for being here today on The Hard Truth. Uh, I'd like you to come back, not too distant future, to come back and talk about the China stuff, which we didn't get to today because there's the elite capture thing. I'd love to break down because I, I'm a guy that spent most of my career bribing and supporting people as an operative. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think we've had some interesting conversations based on what I know you see going on with the Biden White House and obviously just breaking down the China threat because a lot of people seem to be kind of explaining it away as all normal. It's like it's not normal. So well, thank you sir, for being here today. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. And we'll be back after this break. Uh, be sure to stay, stand by, and we'll be back with more of the hard truth in a moment. Whether you're an independent, a Democrat, or a Republican, one thing remains true. Airborne viruses love us equally. You've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the advanced nasal solution, Cofix Rx. Cofix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. Spray goodbye to colds and flus with a Cofix Rx nasal solution cleanse. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Save 20% by using promo code 
out loud at cofixrx.com. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Trouble concentrating or recalling information is frustrating, embarrassing, and kills productivity. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Focus and Recall to boost your brain power. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Focus and Recall is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients to help you immediately sharpen focus, concentrate longer, and strengthen recall. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code out loud. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, keep your face always toward the sunshine and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio, the liberty and justice for all. Hey, this is Hard Truth, Tony Schaefer. Part two, powered still by Sig Sauer. Never settled. I had a choice of what I carried in combat. I always carried the best. The best is Sig Sauer. Never settle. We are on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network and the podcast network uh, and be sure and check us out project sentinel.net and lennoncenter.org and all the social media on the planet and here we are we're going to jump right in to continue our conversation on these key issues we were talking about with uh, congressman crane and we are joined by the loquacious chris cordani chris is uh, the master of the board and uh, very loquacious loquacious and you're quite the wordsmith i am i'm trying to work on it <laughs> And then I'm, we're also back with Elizabeth uh, Reckenkamp, Miss Sapient, the Sapient Ooh, like Elizabeth that. Reckenkamp. <laughs> okay. That's a good word, okay. Sapient, Sapient. Thanks, I think. Uh... <laughs> and then, and then uh, obviously from Hawaii, the Harlequinesque, Tanya Miller. So, <laughs> oh, oh, Harlequinesque or Harley Quinn-esque? No, no, no. Uh, she's not Harley Quinn. She's Harlequin. Harlequin. <laughs> Harlequin. Actually, that's a compliment, and that's actually a compliment. If you, no, if you I got were, a Harlequin romance. You were, right. born in 18, <laughs> you were born in in 1860. That's a compliment. I, I was just thinking, bring a baseball bat and color your hair a little bit. That would be perfect. <laughs> well, oh a baseball God. bat is a nice accessory for women. I'm just saying that could be quite the quite the uh, the fashion <laughs> statement. You should always have one behind your door. That, well, absolutely. I can <laughs> 
Well, I, I guess unless you're uh, Rob Deere or Dave Kingman. Well, Kingman can knock one out once in a while, but those guys struck out a heck of a lot. Well, you know, you could be Alec Baldwin and have like one stuck in the pants. Just saying. Doesn't matter. No accountability for him. He's fine. That's right. Wow. Yeah. Right. Speaking of accountability, that was a great conversation with the congressman. That, I, I, uh, yes, I really it was. That was excellent. So Elijah yeah, Crane, that was amazing. I, oh we'll just jump into that. So the, the very fabric of who he is comes through. And I think that's what's lacking in many of the politicians today. Well, you, you agree? You guys agree on that? Ever since the election of Donald Trump, I should say even the election of Barack Obama, because you want to, there are certain areas of the country that we're looking at uh, people who were less like politicians and more like regular people, more like the person they can talk to at work, more like the person they could talk to uh, over a beer to discuss. And I'm not talking about the popularity contest, but I mean to discuss real issues and to say, I can trust that guy to, to understand my point of view or that woman to use to see my point of view when legislating and hopefully right. holding somebody accountable, as opposed to the other gentleman you brought up, the heir to the Levi Strauss fortune, Representative Dan Goldman. <laughs> who That's is fine. a lying machine. He doesn't care as long as his hip New York hip people and, and moneyed people will keep putting him in office because he has a D next to his name. I have a riddle for you, Chris. Uh, if, right. uh, if you put uh, 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 AOC, uh, Ocasio-Cortez, uh, if you put she and Dan Goldman on the beach, who could swim further out to sea without drowning? A, it was, is it A, Dan Goldman, or B, um, uh, AOC, or C, it doesn't matter. Let's let's try it and find out. What's the answer? I'll go with C. That's my That's answer correct. right there. Oh right my god! And they still go the wrong way. They they swim away from the of the water. They try to swim in the sand. That's All right. I can't take credit. That's that's a that's a David. Uh, that's an old um, late night David with David Letterman joke. Yes. Yeah. But anyway, it's still, it's still it's still applicable. Just saying. So. Uh huh. Yeah, wrong decisions, wrong, uh, wrong uh, direction, wrong uh, direction. Can't trust. Uh, not wise. Um, but yes, what you pointed out, Chris about the differences between, you know, the, who we're looking at, who we're listening to. And yeah, look at what, yeah. And, and with like, but with Elijah, like look at the character, what he brings and what he's doing. And yes, this is a representative for his people. Is he a team player? I say, yes, he's a team player for his second district of Arizona. He's a team player for his people. He's representing his people and the U S citizens for the, um, all of the issues that are not being properly looked at, or vetted. So yeah, we need his voice and we need more voices like him. Some of you mentioned some of the other names, Tony, he's there for, for the right reasons. Well, I, no, I think mm -hmm. he's correct. And one of the things you may remember, Tony, he said, is he taught, they talk about how people get in there and then they figure out they have to kind of comply to uh, get along. You know, it's like, oh, you mm -hmm. know, then someday you're going to be in a position of power. You'll be a committee person, but tell them you got to sit down and shut up. So what do you think? Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I like how he talked about the establishment. There's basically two two kinds of people. Um, they'll suck you in and they'll, you know, train you and, and kind of like brainwash you to be just like they are. But if you join them and you're not, then they basically try to destroy you. You're, you're one or the other. You're either in or you're out. And when you're out, you're completely out and kind of like, you know, Trump. So I love the fact that, um, you know, what Chris was talking about, you know, someone who you can actually talk to, you know, not someone who wins a popularity contest, but someone who you feel like you can actually trust. And the fact that Trump did so well, I think is because he's not a politician. He wouldn't play the games and he's a businessman. And I love how he kind of approached running the country the same way he would run a business. Right. And he did so well, many things that just no. made sense. 
So yes and yeah. no. Let's let's break that down a little bit. So yes, the, he did approach it that way, but by the fact that I know he didn't make everything right, but businessmen know. often uh, hire someone and delegate responsibility. And so when you pick the right people, that's wonderful and very effective. When you pick the wrong people, when you bring in Branch Priebus and presume he, yeah. your will is going to translate into his doing the right thing regarding your policies. That was part of, part of the problem with Trump. Right. He didn't always select the right people. Right. And then he didn't realize it until after. And it's like, oh, geez, I made a mistake here. <laughs> like you were saying, right. Tony, when you were advising him, sometimes you take your advice and other times you didn't. And it's kind of like, well... I advised you, but I can't make you do it. They didn't take my advice most of the time. It's definitely a different flavor of person, though. Like you're talking about, Elizabeth, I think your point is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but like the character, right? I mean, the yes, character exactly, of what, exactly. what, who's representing who. And even though he was of a class, um, it's how did he build his class and who? why did he go into it? And what was the result? And what was he trying? He wasn't part of that team. You know, he was for Team right. America. So right. there you go. It's like, okay, now we have some representatives we can look at. These are the, the people that stand out because they're not in the group. You know, what is it? Hive? I'm not sure. The hive mind. Liberal hive mind. Which is yeah, you know, so, or, or the Republican. Yeah, either side. And so this is why those people stand out for sure and, and yeah. we value Oh, we, we used to call it the preppies table, the uh, the cool kids yeah. table. The, oh, the cool the ones, kids table. Ones with the I never got to sit at the table. Kids. 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 Oh, oh, kids. Kids. Oh. Let's talk about that for a second. Because in my high school, I went to high school in Lisbon, which was granted the whole school was 200 people. My class was like 18. So it was a very, it's a microcosm. But we had the the kind of cool kids, the up and the, 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 uh, the stuck up, stuck up girls who knew everything. And what you know, I was like, just saying uh, they were the preppies. And then we, I, we were the jocks. We were just kind of like, yeah, let's go. Uh, I can see that. Let's go blow up the bathroom and see what happens. See if they can. <laughs> and, and then we had the, the, the stoners who would always be up because there was minimal law in Lisbon. Just saying you know, <laughs> there's no Portugal. drinking age. And they were always up smoking first thing in the morning in the garden. We, we, yep. my high school was in the old German uh, embassy uh, uh, residence from World War II. It was great, really great, cool. Wow. Overlooked the valley. Oh, yeah. It was, it oh, was my God. It was like a movie. It was great. Anyway, so my <laughs> point being is that we had the, the you know, the, the, the cool kids, the stuck up girls and, and brainy guys. Stan Bialik, I still remember his name. Stan Bialik was this brainiac who basically, dressed like a geek and was always super, you know, I think he was calculating uh, the square root of pi constantly. It was like a, like a, thing, like a, a, a Tourette's or something anyway. And then uh, we had, you know, like I said, us, and then we had the, the stoners and, and everybody kind of coexisted. We got along, but it's very clear. The cool kids always were oblivious to the rest of the world. I mean, we were off actually doing things. They were all, mm -hmm. all off doing whatever. And I think it's, it's kind of that mentality that becomes, mm -hmm really drawn to this whole mono party. Let's all just get along and, mm. and, and the world mm -hmm. is just wrong. take care That's of ourselves point. and how our lives are. And we're yeah. good to go. Yeah. Everybody else is kind of in their own world. Maybe. Yeah. I can kind of see that. Yeah. The preppy cool kids. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Cause the preppy cool kids always did separate themselves from everyone else. Yes. And talking about the different groups, the jocks, the, the stoners, I, along with I the wasn't, stoners. I wasn't any of those. I was in the kind of like the artsy. The yeah, I was like in the art, the theater, the, the choir. Yeah. That was yeah. me, but me yeah. too. Uh, well, I fit in theater, nowhere. I, I fit in nowhere. Yeah. I, was, I got along with the, the, the art folks too. Yeah. 
I had so, my own cult. I, I enjoyed leg warmers. <laughs> leg warmers were great. I thought they were great. I always complimented them. It's like what leg warmers, I wish I were you. Those are those are really cool. Why didn't leg warmers go out? I thought because they, they were ugly. They're the ugliest things a woman has ever put on her legs. <laughs> my mom kept her even my, than the, my mom kept her leg warmers and now they're her arm warmers. She slides okay. them on her arms. It's just <laughs> anyway. But they, I digress. Um, they were horrible. Anyway. Oh, I, I my friend the nose and I used to wear uh used to dress like uh, Don Johnson and uh, and oh, the other guy. Oh yeah, I got Don Miami Johnson. Vice. Yeah, I had the T-shirt and the and the jacket all the time. Heck, Tony, you still not? have your outfits. I do, and I still I lived yeah. that. I mean, I was actually undercover in Miami during that time. Did I tell you the story? You got, I don't know if you guys knew the story. So I was actually undercover. We had just done an op uh, in uh, I think it was eighty eight, eighty nine, eighty nine. We were in Miami. In we were at Key Biscayne at Monty Trainers. And uh, we had just wrapped up an operation going after the Nicaraguans and, and yeah, gunfire and every, all the other stuff you see, it all happened. I don't want to get into it. So, so classified, but anyway, we're sitting there unwinding at Monty trainers. And all of a sudden I get a tap on the shoulder and the lady looks over me and says, excuse me, sir, are you a stunt man? Cause I'm wearing stunts unlimited. I was undercover as a stunt man in the previous operation. So I've got, <laughs> it is stunts stunts unlimited. It, it does. It's a black t-shirt. It's like, no, I, but I've worked with stunt men. Well, do you have a glossy? I didn't know what a glossy was back then. It's like, mm, uh, what? Well, we we're doing a project that you'd be perfect for. Would you consider coming down and, and doing some Polaroids for us? Because we think you you've got the right look. <laughs> and I'm getting ready to fly out the next day because I'm going back to Washington. Because you know I'm a spy. I you know I go and you know suborn people, bribe people, kill people. You know it's kind of profession. So I got to go back and do that. And so I'm sitting there in Monty Trainers, and it's like I'm trying to be polite. So oh, well, sure, what, what what would that entail? It's like let me get you my card. She goes back to her girlfriend, gets her card, and says, "I'm out of cards, but here's my information on the back of my my boss's card." She hands it to me. It's Miami Vice casting. <laughs> oh how cool that would have been like, cool i'm sitting there with you know oh, my other wow. operative friends and they look at me as like that this could only happen to you schaefer anyway <laughs> so it turned out it was the last season of miami vice and they were looking for a stunt uh, double replacement to drive for sonny crockett so there oh, we go wow yeah so oh, fantastic yeah so uh and, and by the way it was like and i still got the card stuck away somewhere so i thought that was really oh i'd cool. keep that yeah yeah. So anyway, that's but, cool. But that's the point. It's like you're cool. You know, kind of, <laughs> you can project a certain. You were image, cool. You know? <laughs> I was a misfit. I didn't have the cool clothes. I had the. Yeah. I did not have any of the cool clothes, and so therefore, I. That's why I am the way I am because my school experience was so crazy. But yeah, mm -hmm. underdog. I'm from the, the misfits, underdog, the yep. outcast, whatever. I care about people's feelings and stuff because of how I was treated and all that yeah. stuff. And I understand the tables and the different clicks and stuff. So yeah, I kind of have a different perspective and we all come in with our different perspectives, but I think it's great how we have these different lifestyles and experiences and everything and it shapes us, but we can work together and we're not trying to like, you know what I mean? Like we undermine each at, other. Yeah, yeah. And I think that character like of Elijah and uh, some of the other folks that, uh, that, that we can respect who are representing people, they're representing the issues that aren't on the track that, though the team player people are paying attention to they're on the track mm. of the misfits and what the misfits are pick pointing out the misfits of of politics are bringing to light all the real issues. exactly right. and it's like we're really just regular people we've been right. out here caring and living in the real world and this is again we're still in the real world we're like the rest of america here 
And yeah, I don't it's know. Like I that, it's like out of what is what movie is that, Chris? Uh, the, the where they have the island of misfit toys. Oh, that was uh, yeah, yeah, what was that? Rudolph, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Yeah. Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. That's yeah, there you go. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Tony, let's yep. get your takes on a few, let's get your takes on a few things, Tony. Alrighty. This is time for Tony's takes. <laughs> Brought to you by Sig Sauer. Actually, I should say powered by Sig Sauer. That sounds so much better. Never Never settle. Settle. There we go. All right, Tony. All right. Very interesting week or so. So we'll uh, we'll get we'll get involved in this. A federal judge in Louisiana has forbidden the Biden administration and government agencies from contacting social media to control. I should say, read censor content. I'm pretty sure a fight's coming from the left and the government on this one. What's your take? So I think it's uh, probably a good first step. But uh, the big thing, I think, is that you must understand that this is simply an injunction. This is not a, a permanent fix. I mean, as I was mentioning to the congressman, uh, it, it, be it true or not, if he is an alien, if he is uh, the byproduct of an experiment gone wrong, uh, maybe that's why he's such a misfit. You know, maybe that's what, you know, the idea is I, I should have the right to say that, uh, be true or false. And uh, I think he understands that if I want to basically claim the truth about the Hunter Biden hard drive, which obviously you guys know I was prevented from speaking, even though I had direct access to one of the hard drive mm-hmm. copies, uh, that's not appropriate. And uh, it's, 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 this is a good first step, but the question becomes what will be the penalties for violating it because chris you know they're going to violate this this they're not going mm-hmm. to abide well they're going to find another way around it just exactly. like what uh, yeah. what harvard said harvard said after the supreme court struck down the college yeah. the, their racist college admissions practices they said we're going to do it anyway there's still a loophole in decision right we're going to, just get, we're mm-hmm. going to keep doing it mm-hmm. so um i i, I don't they know said how... it publicly too yeah, yeah. Right. Nice. yes <laughs> well so, the, the Sorry, I didn't know. Your turn. Go ahead. I was just going to say, it it seems like uh, I don't know that the devil's in the details of this. And I'm sure there's lots, lots of devils in the details here. We know, like Chris said, they're going to do what they can do to get around it. And like Tony said, it's not done yet. So it's like, oh, my God, I don't really know what's happening. We none of us really do how with this. But, you know, the whole thing is they're saying their story, their narrative, the the whys for them is that they need to go against misinformation and to help save everyone from misinformation. It's like, actually, okay, I can understand that. And that's why people are like, yeah, we can't have mis- dangerous misinformation coming out there. However, they're not realizing that they may be getting fed nothing but propaganda and exactly. misleading information that they won't become aware of until three mm-hmm. years later. Can we just talk about examples? One year mm-hmm. later, two years later, three years later. It's literally pointing... Uh, pouring out and it's fact based following the science by professionals there is no consensus certain issues like that those types of things that they want to manage they they dictate as misinformation uh, or disinformation it's like no you need to be able to be checked that's what this fight is about and we have a dialogue and when we have factual information, I'm still highly censored and shadow banned for factual information from many years ago. It's ridiculous. Right. Yep. Well, let me just, let's hit that real quick before we go to the next uh, item, whatever it is. The fact that we have uh, a government which engaged in this so-called misinformation uh, removal basically put into it, basically created conditions for lies, falsehoods to become policy 
people mm -hmm. to act on that policy to be inoculated, sometimes take three and four boosters and to basically create health conditions now they'll be suffering for the rest of their lives. They were lying. Yeah. But, the, the, but, but the government said, oh, no, no, it's misinformation if you disagree with us. That's, to me, not only criminal, people mm -hmm. suffered to the point of where I, I just saw one woman did an assisted suicide the other day because she felt that the conditions she got from her second booster were so bad. She was an actress, I believe. Uh, she decided to go to Switzerland and commit suicide because she <gasps> felt because she was. Oh, my God. Yeah. And she actually said this in her uh, last tweet. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm the last, second booster did this to me. And so how are people not recognizing the wow. government did this to us? The government, they, the, the official policy, right. to, quote, to quote the X-Files, uh, a, 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 a lie was policy. Policy was a lie. Victims of the people who have had those issues that have gone public about it, ha shared their experience, right. have been censored from their yeah. own personal. And that is outrageous. I don't know if um, people know this. I don't see how people can do that own, legally. Their own harm can't even yeah. talk about their own personal experience right. without being yeah. censored, even like hospital records, even when the doctors have said and agreed. And it's like, whoa, okay. But yet you can go online and complain about anything else. You can have all these other things. That mm. That is control. That is insane control. And it's dangerous. We can see why. Well, it is. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the issue with what we all face at this point is a, a fundamental dishonesty. For the, I mean, this is like the Dan Goldman thing we are talking about. At the moment he was actually accusing uh, Congressman Crane of gaslighting when he was literally gaslighting. I mean, that's how he gaslights though. Flying his ass off. That's how they do it though. They tell you you're gaslighting while they yeah. gaslight. It's it's projection. Uh -huh. The Democrats, the the left is famous for it. This is how they've done it over the years. Heck, it's mm -hmm. in Solovinsky's book. So again, mm -hmm. it's the idea is demonize the opposition. Make sure you accuse them of what you're doing, so nobody right. thinks right. you're doing it. That's exactly. It's right. exactly right. Yeah. Let's yeah. accuse somebody of doing something because it really is happening. Tony, let's get your take on this one. And uh, <laughs> ladies, I, I'd love to hear what you think about this one too. Is this about it's, the powder in the White House? No, no. I, I want to get to that, but <laughs> this this bothers me more. Okay. July 4th was this week, our Independence Day. We celebrated okay. it. Far left bloggers and polls predictably screeched about how a day where the U.S. declared dependence from, now get this, the, U, the day where the U.S. declared its independence from one of history's largest colonial, colonial empires is about celebration of mean old colonizers. Of course, there was also the overhyped complaints from the same people about how America's awful and problematic. Well, yeah, I guess the kids say problematic. Is that the word? The thing is, though, we're talking about people who stood up to colonizers, yet we're the colonizers, according to these, to these people. This is crazy. What's your take? So, I mean, I don't think I could even say anything crazy enough to... To compete with that. I mean, that's just like you're, you're throwing off the shackles of being a colonial um, prison. You know, like you're, you're, you are a, a colony of colonizers and you're, you're basically re revolting against them. And yet you're the colonizer. I mean, this, this is, this is literally um, Antifa logic. I mean, it's like, what? Mm -hmm. America I, is the it, ultimate anti-colonizer movement. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, next thing you're going to they're going to tell you is like if you're if you're uh, anti-Nazi, you're a Nazi. Oh, wait, they're doing that. That's yes. right. So, what, I mean, what bigger move could you make? <laughs> yeah, it's like, I, I the, the, the mental gymnastics that they the left engages in is, is literally I I can see why that would give me a headache. 
Yeah, right. I mean, I what do you all think? I mean, I can't even I can't even address that. It's just so crazy. Basically, they just it say it over and over again. It's not gymnastics, it's checkers. Basically, that's what it is. They're playing little checkers. If you can play a little chess against them, then you make them crazy. And that's what happens to Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez going yes. all... Uh, uh, it's just another off. attempt to, to, to trash America, mm -hmm. to um, make Americans or anybody... This is how I look at it. It's a, it's a tactic to um, have optics for people who like to... Uh, have the flag, who like to uh, be proud of America. And so it's another, um, just another wedge to put in there so that no, you cannot um, be happy and proud of where you live. Look, you should be ashamed. And this is my problem. I, you know, I don't know how many listeners know this. I'm from the left, f formerly, like way formerly. Okay. Democrat. I don't even want to say left. Democrat. Okay. Old mm -hmm. school Democrat. Okay. From, and then I was still wasn't totally informed. Anywho, right now, it's like they just don't want anyone to have any pride in being an American. And right. it's all divisive. And so whatever they do, it's this constant putting something in there that's divisive. You should mm -hmm. be ashamed of this. You should be ashamed of that. And you, all Americans, know. see, we need to remind you and we need you to rethink about what you know about your own country. And therefore, yeah, you were wrong and you can't feel good about this. And you need to feel bad. You need to feel bad about who you've suppressed. And that way they can just milk the whole damn thing. And they can't allow people to be excited to rebuild the country. Because right now we're all trying to rebuild the country. People right. who are paying attention want to rebuild the country. And right now they're going to wedge this in there. Well, what I don't get is all these people who are here, AOC, Elizabeth Warren, all of these crazy, crazy people. <laughs> what I understand is if if America is so bad and if we're so racist and white supremacy, you know, all these horrible, why don't you just leave? No one yeah. is making you stay. <laughs> you have the you freedom to buy a one-way <laughs> ticket to anywhere Canada, else. Canada is calling anywhere, anywhere. And just leave. Go if, if you love Cuba. communism so much, go move <laughs> right. to Venezuela or anywhere, Cuba. anywhere where they have Please. communism. Move. Nobody's making you stay. The fact that they stay tells you that they know they got the best of both worlds. They, right. they don't want to leave because they know what they want actually doesn't work for them. It only works for the people they want to control. Exactly. Right. It's like nobody's making you stay. Leave. But so my friend Jerry stay for the Ben and Jerry's. That's what Bob said. Right. These, oh, and we're so bad that people keep coming in through crossing the border. You know, we're that bad. We're yeah. That, you know, whatever. So my late right. friend, Jerry, Jerry Doyle, actor and, and talk show guy. Chris, you remember Jerry, right? Absolutely. So oh, Jerry, and I friends. Jerry, Jerry used to always open his radio show uh, with the latest nonsense from the left talking about how it's all for the children. It's all for the children. Oh yeah, you know, Nancy Pelosi always. It's all about. We're just trying to help the children. Yeah, my my illegal <laughs> stock trades. It's still. It's still <laughs> trying to help the children. It's all about the children. all those needles on San Francisco That's streets. Right. They're for the children. That's right. right. All the defecation in the streets. It's all for the yeah. children. Really. Right. But what to pick up and play with? I mean, come on. This is this is ridiculous. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, you can't even walk your children through her city. Oh, you can't walk your children through her city. No. Quickly, no. quickly, you mentioned this, Tony. So we have about a minute or two left for this one. Right. Cocaine found in the White House. Interesting, <laughs> as the great Artie Johnson would say. Dude. Actually, oh, yeah. very interesting. Dude. I remember the, Artie Johnson. The snozberries taste like snozberries. Mm. <laughs> Cocaine in the White House. 
Her wasn't found in the White House. Uh, the Secret Service found a white powdery substance. Right. Some, it was it was white and powdery, not uh, white and sticky. Just saying, if there was something found there like that, that could be oh, hunters. It would be hunters. Oh, let's not go. Oh, it, would be, it would be hunters. So, well, look, I, who knows what Hunter does there? Apparently, there's a rumor that Hunter is now the, the first felon is now actually residing at the White House. What better what better first place felon. to reside? Really? So, um, I don't know. I mean, to me, just saying, if it's white. And it's a powder and it's cocaine. What's next? Very uh, good. Are they going to gonna find uh, prostitutes in the kitchen next? I mean, come on. What's that? <laughs> that was a couple of. Who, who's going to be a of that in the kitchen? Huh? You probably think it's going to be nighttime yeah. tours. Who knows yeah. what's going on? Uh, yeah, who knows? But I think <laughs> oh we need to keep an eye. We need to keep an eye. Oh, my. As, as Sulu says, as George Takai says, oh, my. Well, that we're, that's a wrap, right, Chris? We're done. This is it. I believe uh, so. It's it's like deja vu all over again that we finished the show. So. It goes too quickly. It goes too quickly. It, it was another does. really fun hour. I, I swear <laughs> to goodness, it was a lot of fun. Anyway, so uh, thank you all for joining us this week mm -hmm. again on The Hard Truth. Uh, we've uh, been joined by Chris, Tanya, and Elizabeth, and, of course, our uh, new friend, uh, Congressman uh, uh, Eli uh, Crane, who uh, was gracious with his time. And I think we're going to have him back talk about a lot more stuff so uh again always a shout out to sheree curry who does our our bumper and theme music god bless you sheree she's out i think uh she was out in boston like knocking it out up there just recently and so cool. hopefully we'll have her on the show sometime soon as well so anyway join us again next week for the hard truth and we'll see you then